It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Happy hump day, everybody. And one- Boy, you really ate the hump. Hump day. day. Whiskey Wednesday, wine Wednesday, whatever you celebrate. I, I know I've said this before. Do people actually hump more on Wednesdays? Like, is, is there a, a couple where one of them comes home and says, honey, it's Wednesday? Um, I don't, I don't know. think so, right? I don't know. Uh, I'd imagine that there's maybe some people who have a sexy night. It all depends on everyone's schedule. But uh, Well, honey, it why is it hump day. Why couldn't it be Wednesday? I observe the international days. For example, when it's International <laughs> Martini Day, I will go out of my way to have a martini. Yes. On Cheesecake Day, that's a good day so to you're saying that you're go out the, and get a cheesecake. You're down with the weekly hump day. Um, eh, yeah, well, I don't really have a partner today. She's not really available. So. <laughs> oh, he didn't say you needed to have one. <laughs> um, so I know I've said Come this. here, Pilla. Come here. <laughs> I know I've said this before, but I fucking hate Kijiji. And oh, yeah. So I, but, but you know what, I'm glad I'm not the only one with these experiences and I've talked about, I've talked about it before and I I honestly just don't know where else to go. And usually I, I just want to give away free shit. I just want to give stuff away. So if I don't have time to drop it off to, you know, a value village or a goodwill and I do, I do that. Um, I think, okay, especially with baby stuff, which I'm currently just unloading a bunch of stuff. I think there's got to be someone out there that could really use this that doesn't want to actually pay a price, you know, even though it's a cheaper price that you're going to find at, at Value Village and stuff like that. So I throw it on Kijiji. And even when you put free shit on there, people will still do the same thing where they ask, is this available? And fuck me if I reply. Like, I'll reply and say, yes. Like, if it's up, it's available. Yes. And then uh, not you, necessarily, though. I mean, isn't there examples of when people oh, put up an item and sell it and then don't, don't go take but it don't, back down? That is a non-starter. Don't, that's like messaging someone and saying, hey, and leaving it at that. If you're fucking interested, you reply with, hey, I'm interested in this. What is the good availability for you? And you assume it's available. I would rather do that than, hey, it's, why do we have to have an extra text message conversation? Why do we have to have, go out of our way to be like, yes? Okay, great. Well, like, just fucking start with your thought. Do you want it? And when do you want to come get it? It says right in the goddamn thing, porch pickup. I'll give you the address if you're interested. Don't start with, is it available? Anyway, number one thing about Kijiji that bothers me. That's, that's just one of many, right? So I decided yesterday, out of frustration, for the third person who asked me if something was available, and maybe they thought it was too good to be true that all this shit was available. Maybe that's the case. I still don't care. Say, I'm interested. When can I get it? Or give me your plan. What's your game plan and availability? That's all I want is some fucking thought and organization into it, not just a question. And then ghosting my answer. Fuck you. So, so that, wait a second. They asked you, is it still available? Yeah. You wrote back, okay. Yes. And then they ghosted you? I, I wrote back, yes. It is available. And then I hear nothing. So for the one person who I thought, okay, maybe they're actually interested. I don't know. So I reply again. If you're interested, let me know what time that you would come and I will leave it on the porch. I live in this area of the city. And fucking nothing happens. Why do you do? I swear to God, it's someone's full time job to just go post to post to post asking if something's available and then just fucking off. I don't understand. So anyway, my favorite is because I think we all have we all have Kijiji stories, right? Or, or something similar to it. But maybe it's a garage sale story. Maybe you tried to barter for something. I don't know. We all have our stories. So when I tweeted about this yesterday, though, I got some really great replies. Um, this person says, OK, one time cat, I was selling a washer. I offered to deliver it. Okay, this is when you, when you get too generous, this is when you get screwed. I got there 
It was on the other side of town. And not only did they ask for us to help put it in the basement for them, they also said they actually don't have the amount that we were asking for. Stop. Unless we can drive them to a bank machine. No freaking way. Yeah, that was from Chantel. Kyle. Kyle says he once negotiated some for something on Kijiji, drove 45 minutes to pick it up once they agreed on the price, and he sat in the parking lot waiting for this other person for an hour. He said, I'm pretty sure they sat in the parking lot, too, on the other side, just watching me show up and waiting for them. That's rude. That's so that is bad. so rude. Uh, another person... I was selling something for $400. They agreed to it and then showed up and said, you know what? I don't have 400, but I'll give you 100 cash right now. Like, come on. One of my, one of my uh, other, I'll tell this quick story, but one of the other times that I had a, a Kijiji encounter, and this is why I don't do it often, but I was selling our Wii, you know, the Nintendo Wii. Yes. And we had these two kids come up to the door because it turns out mom and dad were in the car and didn't speak English, they, they told me. So that's fine. So we'd already agreed on the price. So that was fine and all well and good. And I sent them off with the Wii and they seemed happy. And I got my cash and I shut the door. Well, like five minutes later, because my husband noticed the car was still outside the front door. And they're like, they're still sitting there. Like, are they not happy with it? What's going on? Or are they maybe just, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of here? Or I don't know. So five minutes later, knock at the door. It's the kid again. The kid goes, yes, my mom would like to know how much for the house. The house was not for sale, just to be clear. There was no Wait, sign. They came over to get a Kijiji item and then wanted to buy your house? <laughs> yes. But the best part is the parents didn't even come to the door of the house. They don't even know what the house looks like on the inside. Why do they want to? What, what do you expect me to be like, how much cash you got on you today? Because it could be yours. Like, what do you think this is? <laughs> so I was so confused. And these ki- poor kids who probably were really confused themselves had to be like eight and ten years old, roughly. I said, you can let them know it's not it's not for sale. Like, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Like, do I say a billion dollars and, and maybe they're going to be billionaires? Like, Okay, but know. for the right price, it probably was sure, for sale. Sure, but it was, why would you get your kids to go? I mean, I knew they didn't speak English, but the, you're, you're expecting your kids to really understand if I say, eh, it's not for sale, but how much money your parents got? Like, I didn't want to enter that. Like, anyway, it was just weird. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with it. Yeah, I really don't understand how Kijiji has lasted as long as it has, particularly when there's other options. I mean, you can use the Facebook marketplace or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they really should invent a buy and sell type thing where the money changes hands electronically, whether it's through PayPal or whatever. No e-transfers, no cash on the spot. And before anything gets picked up or delivered, the financial piece of that transaction gets done just like it would if you were buying something (laughs) from a retail outlet. That's This whole, sure, show up and grab it off my porch and leave an envelope of money or send me an e-transfer and then they try and chisel you down it's just a pain in the ass no let's work out all the details beforehand it would also cut down on the amount of robberies because it seems like a couple times a week i'll get a press release from the police about somebody was selling an iphone or selling some jordans on kijiji and ended up getting robbed and that's why they ask you to meet at these so-called safe locations like the police station where they have cameras and cops around and stuff like that i know and and by the way it is so kijiji's changed a little bit through the years so they do have a paypal option but unfortunately it's just an option it's not a must and you're saying it should be a must right 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, PayPal charges a lot in fees, so that's yeah. not necessarily the best option either. Yeah. I think the, somebody's either going to get ripped off on the asking price or the selling price or, or the buying price because people want to make up those fees that they charge. In any case, um, did you get rid of the shit or what? Yeah, I did. I did end up uh, to somebody else, thankfully, who replied to me. It was really nice and everything was fine. Yeah. Did they message to want to know if it's available? Um, they, <laughs> I think they were the, one of the ones that did not message to ask if it was available. They just said, I want this. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's messed up. I'll take that. Did you see my uh, Twitter interaction with the mayor of Brampton the other day? No. Was it good? Was it bad? Uh, it wasn't great. So here's what happened. Patrick Brown, mayor of Brampton, Ontario, got caught on Rebel News. And what happened was Rebel News, they say, got tipped off to the fact that Patrick Brown was renting ice at a Brampton arena to some of his buddies so they could play a game of shinny. And in all fairness, I don't know when this happened. I have no idea if the footage is is authentic or when it was shot, anything like that. But basically... The uh, the mayor walked in and he was in a suit and he had his assistant with him. In mm-hmm. case you haven't seen it, I'll give you the quick synopsis. And then the reporter from Rebel News came out and said, hey, Mr. Brown, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm just checking on the facility. What are you doing here? And the guy said, well, you know, I, I got a, I, I heard that you were uh, playing hockey or some shinny hockey. You're not here to play. And the mayor's like, well, I think you should get off the property and you should stop uh, harassing the people of Brampton. And he took off. He scurried. He went with his assistant, jumped in an SUV, which was double parked, and took off. The mayor was not wearing a mask at the time. And it was his bylaw that you were supposed to be wearing a mask indoors. And Uh-oh. then the guy from Rebel News went back into the arena. And sure enough, it appears that Mayor Patrick Brown was not there to just check on the facilities. Looks like he was going to play. Because there was his hockey bag right there. It said Patrick Brown right on the bag. His hockey equipment was there. So it looks like he was showing up to play shinny as well and join the boys. And that's that. So the mayor sent out a tweet after this story started to go viral. And all I did was comment that there's some misinformation in here. Here's Patrick Brown's tweet. I was made aware of some hashtag fake news from the discredited rebel media. They pretended to be from Leafs TV, wanting to interview the mayor. I walked away when I realized it was Rebel Media. I don't do media interviews with an entity that has a track record of inciting hate. And I was going through the comments on that tweet, and all I commented was, there's a lot of misinformed comments here. You're allowed to compete. And yes, you can rent facilities. That was purely in response to the amount of people saying, how come it's okay for Patrick Brown's buddies to rent the ice, but nobody else is allowed? You are allowed. Stage three, you're allowed to rent the ice at facilities. I, too, have rented some facilities, Mm -hmm. ironically, in Brampton, although it has nothing to do with the fact that it's in Brampton. They just have uh, the number of fields that I happen to need for an event that I'm running at the end of the month. So, yes, you can do that. And somebody else said, well, you're not allowed to compete. You're only allowed to practice. That, too, is inaccurate. There are rules around competition right now. But, yes, you absolutely can play shinny. So my comment, my tweet had absolutely nothing to do with the mayor or what he did or didn't do or his response. It was in response to some of the comments. Well, the mayor, I guess, has a lot of people that are not fans of his because then they just started shitting all over me. So 
Well, here's one right here. Lick them boots, pal. Maybe Patty will notice you're white knighting and you two can become besties. <laughs> Like, shit. That's great. Uh, More people writing back to me with misinformed comments when I simply pointed out there were misinformed comments. Here's one. OHF and Hockey Canada rules in stage three, which we are in, don't allow for shinny games. No, they actually do. And only OHF trained trainers are allowed to rent arenas. That also is not accurate. Not accurate. Um, Listen. I don't care what the mayor did. Really doesn't affect me in any way. Nearest I can tell he didn't break any rules with the exception of he probably should have had a mask on. However, he was distanced from everybody else. He was off the ice alone in there and all the rest of the guys were on the ice. So um, whether the mayor did or didn't do anything wrong, uh, people can decide. The video is quite persuasive, although I try and take into account the source. I am not a huge fan of Rebel Media, although I will give them credit. They've they've done some stories where I was quite interested in reading it. But if you're one of those uh, people with a burner account that wanted to shit on me for defending the mayor, please note I wasn't defending the mayor. Lick I was defending boots, pal. I was defending stage three. And clarifying that, yes, you can rent city facilities. Yes, you can have competition. There are rules on those competitions, but you can do it. That was my only point. So if you noticed that thread and and got interested in reading all about it, there you go. That's great. Speaking of social media, Jessica Mulroney appears to be back. Yeah, she she posted yesterday for the first time in a, a while. Since June. Yeah, since she's been doing, taking some time and reflecting and learning and listening. I believe <laughs> the, the learning and listening takes a long time. The learning and the listening and the reflecting and the thought processes. Uh, yeah, it was it was for her son's birthday, though. Yeah, the uh, the twins turned ten, I yeah. believe, and and it was a nice tweet. She said that uh, it's been a dark time, but the those two boys have not left her side, and she says they gave her the will to live and work hard. When everything fell apart and it did fall apart overnight. I mean, she lost her TV show. She lost her other TV show. She had to give up on social media, which she had spent a lot of time building. Uh, even Ben had to step away from e-talk. Uh, the whole thing is is a shitty situation from mm-hmm. her. So I'm sure she did feel like it had hit rock bottom. And the Toronto Sun's got an article on this today. And they point out in the comment section of her post, followers are mostly positive. Well wishes came from Mindy Kaling and interior designers Colin and Justin. But one troll accused Mulrooney of deleting negative remarks. It says, I see you're deleting negative comments and keeping only the complimentary ones so the media and the eyes that spy think you're fully supported and back on track. This speaks volumes of your character. Very disappointed. So Mulrooney said to her... um, uh, because they also commented, or someone commented, that her and Meghan Markle are no longer friends. She just wrote back, fake news, just stop. That's good. That's all she had to write. But then apparently, Lainey, the chick from E-Talk, who is that, Lainey? Oh, Lainey Liu. So, Lainey Liu does not like Jessica Mulroney, clearly. She's the one that kind of did a little bit of... She she wrote this massive expose, uh, long story short, she wrote this massive little expose in, on her own gossip. She has her own gossip column, and she's also on CTV. So a lot of people assume that she's good friends with Jessica, she's good friends with Ben, because she is also on CTV. She wanted to make it clear after all of this tea was spilt on Jessica, she was not friends with Jessica, and in fact, she didn't really like 
Ben that much either. So really? they don't, yeah. So they don't like each other. The expose is still out there if you want. It's a it's very long, but it is an interesting read. I will give Lainey that. Well, one of the things it says here is before last week, before Sasha Exeter, who's the person that Jessica Mulroney had the social media spat with to begin with, told her story. She says there were a lot of people in Canadian media with their own Jessica Mulroney stories. Some of them are thinking of telling them now after Sasha opened the door. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of feels like the horse is dead. Stop beating it. I, I don't know why she would want to do that now or if it even makes a difference. I mean, uh, Jessica Mulroney, I would say, for whether it was deserved or not. I don't know. She um, She's taken a step back. She said she'll listen. That's it. She posted one thing about her twin's birthday. I don't know if anybody can fault someone for posting a picture of their twins on their birthday, Mm. but uh, for whatever reason, people want to keep taking a victory lap on that grave, and I don't understand why. Leave the girl alone. She's not trying to get back in the spotlight. She posted something about her kids. Yeah. And and you don't need to shame the people who are actually fans of hers. I don't know, Jessica, but I I don't understand why people are still shitting on her over this. It seems like a weird thing. Um. In any case, the Toronto Sun's got the article. Jessica Mulrooney has got the post on her Instagram if you want to check it out. And happy birthday to the twins. Can we all agree at least that 10-year-olds celebrating a birthday is a milestone? Sure it is. Absolutely. The last blockbuster video in the world is being rented out on Airbnb for $4 a night. For the whole place? Yeah. Uh, I think people understand that Blockbuster Video used to be the shit. On a Friday and Saturday night, that place was jammed like a damn nightclub. People lining up to get in and, and pick out their movies. And you'd wander up and down the aisles. And, and finally, you'd get the right one. And you'd walk up and pay your five or six bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> take it home and then find out the last asshole didn't rewind. Oh, what a prick. So then ten minutes later, when it was rewound, you could watch your movie. Great, right? That's awesome, isn't it? There's a blockbuster video still in existence. It is in Bend, Oregon. (laughs) Of course it's in Bend. Bend. The owners are basically renting it out for free. I mean, it's $4 a night, the same price they charge to rent a movie for the night. When you get this Airbnb, because it's not like you just have to sleep in the aisles between racks of movies, They've turned the store into a 90s-style living room with a square TV, not a widescreen, square TV, VCR, beanbag chair, pull-out couch, and then there's candy and snacks as well. VCR? Like, they're not even going to throw in a DVD player? No, it's a VCR to watch the movies that they rent. Wow. This is kind of neat for four bucks. Uh, They're going to try and sell this to locals only when they open it up. But either way, you can do it if you want to. What I found really interesting about this is they pointed out, okay, a lot of people watch movies on Netflix now. Netflix has algorithms, and that's how they recommend different things for you to watch. Blockbuster used to have actual people Mm -hmm. for that shit. Mm -hmm. You could just go up to the front and say, "Eh, I'm not sure what movie I want to get. And then one of these movie experts who's smarter than everybody on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes will give you a full review on a movie they think you'd like. And more often than not, they were right. So I have a friend that ended up marrying a guy that used to come in and rent videos from her. Wait a second. She worked at a video store and married a guy who came in to rent movies? That's correct. So he used to come in with his girlfriend at the time. Oh. And she used to be their go-to. It was Sarah... Uh, and they would they would go to her, and they, Sarah would know everything about the movies, and she always made great recommendations, and Eric really, really liked her recommendations. 
And I guess they ended up splitting up, he and this girlfriend, and he kept coming in by himself to get movies from her and ended up asking her on a date. They now have a kid together and they're married. That's how close a connection you can form with those people. For those that were, were either weren't around during that time or forget what it was like, if you were really good at your job, you could really, really make that connection there, right there at a blockbuster. You know, sometimes I really struggle to understand the true definition of irony, but the irony of this story is they could actually make a movie about that. Yeah. Guy goes in with his girlfriend regularly, doesn't work out. He ends up going to the girl who recommends movies for the two of them to watch. That's great. Yeah. Then they live happily ever after and have kids together. It's cute. Amazing. Eh? So anyway, they pointed out that Netflix has algorithms to Mm -hmm. decide what you want to watch. They call theirs blockbuster algorithms. So they say you can not only ask people in the store for movie recommendations and they'll give you a good one. You can even phone them. Even if you're not in the store or even in Oregon, you can call 541-385-9111. We should do that. You, I don't think they're open with the time change, but nonetheless, you can do that if you want to, and they'll recommend a movie for you right there over the phone. If you want to read more about that, by the way, I do have the story and pictures of that 90s-style living room up now at scottandcat.ca. Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because I don't know really what to make of this. It's kind of a weird story, but I think everyone knows that Howie Mandel is a germaphobe. Mm -hmm. Which must be hell during a pandemic, right? Oh, for sure. Like, this is not just, uh, I don't really like shaking hands with people. I'm afraid of it. Like, this guy's a full-blown germaphobe. As it turns out, he's also got OCD. And OCD, I'm starting to think maybe they should consider that a bona fide disability. Yeah. Apparently, it can take him sometimes over an hour to do simple things like make sure his door is locked. Yeah. He can't just go check the doors locked and go to bed. He's got to go back and check it. Then he's got to open it and close it again and then open it and close it again. Probably do it three times. Then he walks away and he doesn't know. Am I sure I locked that door? Am I seeing it right? Am I imagining it? And you can talk yourself into a completely unreasonable situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, that's why as soon as you really learn a little bit more about OCD as, as, as what it is, this obsessive compulsive disorder, and it really is a disorder, you stop throwing it around. I remember I used to always call myself OCD with certain things like, oh, no, I'm OCD because I have to have my water container here next to my headphones. But I'm not OCD. That's the truth. I don't have a You're dis- habitual. You know, exactly. It is not OCD. And once I really learned about it, and there was a great show that was on. It always comes down to like a show on A&E or some shit like that. But anyway, it really opened my eyes to what OCD can really be. And tons of examples of stuff, just like Howie, just like you mentioned, where people couldn't leave the house unless they did something 15, 16, 17 times. And every, usually everyone who is OCD has a number. So they'll have like uh, have to do it eight times, have to do this eight times, have to do that eight times, check this eight times. And your brain won't let you not do it. Yes, you can't you can't not do it. It's like breathing. It's like breathing when you have OCD. And there's lots of things you can do and medication you can take. And you can definitely speak to people about it. And and it helps. And how he said openly before, things like that have helped him and been able to give him the career that he's had thus far, because you think about how hard that would be to be needed and expected in certain places at certain times when you're Howie Mandel and he's managed to make it work, but it's a struggle still every day. Uh, A man accidentally streamed Pornhub in front of his entire family while trying to play music through the TV. Oh, shit. He is the uncle. He 
thought it would be great if, since the TV was on and it's a connected TV, that he would put some tunes on for the whole family. <laughs> Listen, if you want to stream music through the TV, you need to start playing the music. Then you hit the stream button to send the stream to the TV or your smart speaker or whatever you're doing. Instead, he tried to start the streaming first and then he was going to go to Spotify or wherever to play the music. And because he hadn't actually started playing the music yet, it just streamed the last thing that he was playing. Oh. Which was Pornhub. Oh, my God. I don't understand why if you do that on your device, and no judgment, lots of people do. If you do that on your device, why would you willingly, like, volunteer your device to do that? Like, oh, let, let's use my phone. Like, if you got nudes, you don't let someone swipe through your, your albums, right? So don't take any chances. I can't believe this guy just didn't realize that that was going to happen. So the, was the family, like, did he... Is he still a part of the family? <laughs> oh, he's still a part of the family. He's pretty embarrassed, but here I've got the video up at scottandcat.ca. Let me play a bit of the video. So that's him going to block the TV while he's trying to end oh the stream. <laughs> while a girl on the screen... I'll, I'll just narrate it here. Okay, yep, she is uh, She's sucking a big dick right there on the screen. Oh right God. there in front of the whole family. He's probably thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... Show these kids some good music. I'm going to put some Seeger on or some Zeppelin on and show the how kids old? what it's all about. <laughs> when you say uncle, like, do, how old is this guy? Do we know? Um, I'm going to guess from looking at him, because you do see him in the video when he gets up to block the TV. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's probably early 40s. Okay, so- and it was his nephew or niece that posted the video. Oh, my God. Okay, so she was old enough to understand what was happening? Cause oh, I- she understood. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. You would not look at your uncle the same way. I think no matter what. And if it was a good, thankfully it wasn't a really little kid. Like, could you imagine that? Oh my God. How do you explain that to a kid, right? What is she eating? (laughs) She needs a napkin. She's got ice cream on her. (laughs) It would be terrifying. Terrifying. And if that was like, oh yeah, like I would know that I would be that person would be so much trouble if that was my kid too. <laughs> but at least she was Fuck, old dude. enough. Like it could have been, it could have been a little bit worse. Still, totally mortifying for that guy. <laughs> How far in to the movie was he? Just out of curiosity, was it like still at the beginning? Or well, I don't think she just walked in the room and started sucking. I, I assume there was a little bit of foreplay yeah. leading up to it. So he was at least a couple minutes in. Sure, okay. at least a couple. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. Yeah, tops off, dicks out. Yeah, like that was, they didn't start that way. Dirty Uncle Don. <laughs> Uncle Don here paused the video partway through. Guess he wanted to watch the rest of it later. <laughs> Unreal. 17 seconds it was up on the screen. 17 <gasps> seconds. That's too long. Well, I can understand that because you panic, right? As soon as you realize what you did, you're like, oh, fuck. How do I make it stop? Oh, shit. There's kids there. Oh, my God. My mom's over there. Ah, just stop. (laughs) That's when you're like stomping on your phone. You're trying to flush it down the toilet, whatever. You got to actually stop it from streaming, asshole. You grab the TV. You just throw it to the floor like, fuck it. I'll take the hit. (laughs) Stop looking at it. Seriously. What were you thinking? That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> How do you not know to kill the porn before you start streaming the videos? I'll see myself out. <laughs>
Um, It's hard to distance yourself, and we're all being asked to distance. It's hard to do that when you live with someone, but sometimes you just have to. A guy in Australia just got fined for breaking his coronavirus curfew lockdown orders. This happened on Sunday night. He left because his roommate's significant other was over, and they were, quote, way too loud in the bedroom. Oh. This guy was so fucking tired of hearing his buddy rail his girlfriend, he got a $1,200 fine for breaking curfew in the middle of the pandemic. (laughs) They don't screw around in Australia. They don't screw around in New Zealand. They just want this pandemic to go away. You're not allowed to break quarantine. You're not allowed to do any of the the things that we seem to do here and get warnings for. $1,200 fine because his buddy was being too loud in the sack. So my question to you is, who's really responsible for this fine? Is it him for leaving or the guy for doing it so loud? Yeah, that's, I mean, well, he, he chose to leave, but that's still, that he's, she should pay half. The guy who got, this poor guy didn't get laid and also had to pay $1,200. Right. That's horrible. Yeah, exactly. 1200 bucks. That's a heavy fine considering your buddy was just getting hot and heavy with his girlfriend too loud. That's messed up. Nickelback has something new coming out on Friday. I we're led know, to believe. I know. You're a Nickelback fan. I am a I am a Nickelback fan. There's nothing wrong with Nickelback. When they put out this very very cryptic message the other day. It was yesterday and all it said was 8:14, which is this Friday. That would lead people to believe that they either have a new album or at least a new single coming Mm -hmm. out in two days. Mm -hmm. New Nickelback, which if it's anything like old Nickelback, will sound exactly the same as new and old Nickelback. Shut your face. They put this out. Oh, yeah. That's That's it. eh? That's great. I'm in. I'm gonna listen to it. Sure, I'll I'll have a I'll have a little gander at that. Um, yesterday, Bro Bible, after seeing that cryptic message from Nickelback, decided, you know what? People gotta stop shitting on Nickelback because there's hardcore Nickelback fans, and then there are true haters. So what Bro Bible did was put together a list of the ten bands that are actually worse than Nickelback. <laughs> Now, do you ha- you have to have achieved some success in order to be on this list? Obviously, oh, you're not just some bar cover band. Right. You're, you're an actual established recording artist group, probably that's toured. That's worse than Nickelback. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. reverse order. Number ten, Smash Mouth. <laughs> sure. That's, hey now, you're an all star. Yeah, they have one song. Uh, I'll say maybe two, maybe two. Eh. Uh, you two. With the exception of Sunday Bloody Sunday. U2 is number nine on the list of the ten bands that are worse than Nickelback. Do you remember, too, when they were the most hated people of all time? When Apple forced everyone to have them on their playlist out of fucking nowhere? That was Everybody woke up and some of the people's phones were full all of a sudden because a whole U2 album just showed up on it? I can't believe Apple still got away with that. U2 was, or, yeah, U2 was the first and last group to get that treatment from Apple because I'm convinced they will never... They, do that again. They shouldn't. It's so ridiculous. Number eight is Stained. <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> Sounds like her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my head. Number seven is Maroon 5. 
Okay, I'm a little offended. I I don't mind. I like Maroon 5. Mm. Maroon 5 has had some really good songs, and they've had some that, they've that were not good. They've had some stinkers. Sure, they've had a couple of stinkers, but for the most part, they're pretty consistently all right. Can okay, we well, not he, agree? Here's the problem with Maroon 5 and a lot of the bands that are on this list. They've had some really, really big hits. And because they've had some really big hits, and because there's a lot of music directors in radio, for example, that can't recognize a hit when they hear it, Mm -hmm. they just assume, oh, fuck, it's Maroon 5. It's going to be a hit. Let's just play the record, even if it's shitty. So that's how you end up hearing a lot of bad Maroon 5 songs and bad U2 songs and bad Smash Mouth songs and so on and so forth. Uh, Maroon 5, eh, it should probably be a case-by-case basis. Some of them have been great. Some of them, awful. Papa Roach is number six. Number five is Train. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pat Monahan. Mm. Pat. He's going to hate that he's on that list. Number four is Five for Fighting. Mm. One hit wonder? I don't know. Maybe meh. there's only one top 40 yeah, hit I'm wonder? hearing a lot of meh. I'm okay with most of these. Hoobastank? <laughs> there you go. There's a throwback. Hoobastank. <laughs> Buck Cherry? Okay, Buck Cherry. Do you hear that? Do you do you see that there's a lot of similarities? Like you remember the days of Theory of a Creedle back, right? Where it's like everything seemed to sound the same. Yeah, a lot of these bands were included in that in that lump. Uh, a lot of them from the same era too. Yes, yeah. Number one on the list of bands that are worse than Nickelback. Imagine Dragons. <gasps> Okay, that surprises oh. me, though. I thought people liked Imagine Dragons. Do they not? I don't know. Imagine Dragons is, uh, they're kind of an anomaly. Like, when you listen to Top 40 Radio, for example, you'll hear some Imagine Dragons records, which is strange, because none of the other songs on those stations sounds like Imagine Dragons. And it makes me wonder, mm. is Imagine Dragons that popular? Or are they trying to, to get more rock in Top 40? Or what's going on? Because... It is one is definitely not like the others. And that one stands out like a sore thumb. Now, one thing I will say about Imagine Dragons is Demons is a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Don't at me. You know it. It's a fantastic song. So is every Nickelback song. <laughs> sure. Sure. Actually, you know what? Nickelback was uh, very popular back in the day, but it's probably a case of they're a victim of their own success. They were so good and so popular that people got sick of them. New Kids on the Block back in the day went through the exact same thing. They were so big for so long that people got so sick of them that it was actually like a teasable thing that people were into New Kids because they just they they jumped the shark, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. 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 Yeah. One more thing I want to throw into the podcast here is it's a TikTok hack, so I don't put a ton of credibility into it, but you can try it if you want. They say this is a hack to clean the stains off of old Tupperware. Oh, I'm, I'm listening. I hate that. A dirty Tupperware hack has racked up millions of views on TikTok and people swear it works. So the next time you've got some Tupperware that's really greasy or gets stained red. Like past the sauce. Yeah. Yep. Here's what you do. Squirt a little bit of dish soap in there. Just a little bit. Fill it up about a third of the way with warm water. Then you rip up a paper towel and put a few pieces of that ripped up paper towel in the Tupperware dish. That is the part that makes the difference. Then you close the lid, shake it for 45 seconds to a minute, rinse it out. And it will be completely spotless. Okay, I call bullshit. But Why I'll try it. Why are you it. such a bullshitter, though? I'll try. <laughs> I, 
I'll try it, but I don't believe that that could possibly be the key is the putting in paper towel because I've done the shaking thing, but sans paper towel. So I, I give it a try. Okay, listen, uh, after nine army here, uh, whatever we're going to call you, I don't know. I don't even know if we need to do anything like that. But if somebody could please try this out, if you've got uh, maybe you put some pasta in a, a Tupperware dish and it's stained red, could you do this trick and tell us if it works? Again, you squirt a little bit of dish, dish soap in there. Fill it about a third of the way up with warm water. Rip up a paper towel, put a few pieces in. Then you close the lid, shake it for 45 seconds to a minute, and then rinse it out. If that works, I'll be impressed. It only works if you're listening to Burn It to the Ground by Nickelback at the same time. <laughs> as you shake the container. Pass they got the a bathroom so big you can play baseball in it, though. <laughs> oh, before we go. Uh, Russia has apparently developed a COVID-19 vaccine. Are you interested? No. <laughs> Why? No. That was an emphatic no. No, I'm not interested in, I'm hesitant. To, when you, As soon as you said Russia vaccine, I'm out. It's, uh, it's a little suspect, and I'll tell you why. So Russia now claims that they are the first country to approve a vaccine against COVID-19. Vladimir Putin They did a big reveal yesterday. It was like they were unveiling the new Mustang for this car year lineup. It was nuts. (laughs) They called it, what, Sputnik 5 or something like that? The reason they've got it out before any other country is because they skipped phase three trials. What? That sounds important. Phase three trial sounds important to me. Phase three is the final phase. So what you do in phase three is you need to get tens of thousands of people to take the vaccine and then you study them and the effects <laughs> and that <laughs> is how you determine okay yes this works and, and that's also how you can determine things like okay yeah it works but it doesn't work if you happen to have uh i don't know an infection or it works but it doesn't work if you've previously had um uh, i don't know hepatitis it it does work but it doesn't work if you have a compromised immune. there's all kinds of different buts or what ifs that's why they go through phase three so instead it was just tested on a few dozen people oh my god and they are ready to mass market it this is being bankrolled by a russian direct investment fund they say they are ready to sell a billion of them and already Two dozen countries have signed up and placed orders for this new vaccine. No. Really? Yeah. I don't know which countries. I have no idea. I don't see any countries with their hands in the air right now saying, yeah, us, us. But I'll tell you, if it does work, they're going to be heroes because they'll be leaders of countries that don't have COVID-19 while the rest of the world is still standing in the corner uh, trying to distance ourselves from everybody else with a mask on. Mm -hmm. Well, they're taking a gamble. That's for sure. We'll see. Vladimir Putin says his own daughter took it and she's doing just fine. Well, if he actually did give it to his daughter and she's fine, he must have confidence in it if he did it. But the question is, did he actually do it? Unless he freaking hates his daughter. Like, do we know that relationship? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what their relationship is like. Anyway, everyone, if you'd like to avoid COVID-19, you're welcome to phone Russia And ask him to ship you a dose and give yourself a shot. Because I don't think Canadian doctors are going to be handing it out at at, uh, walk-in clinics or at shoppers drug marts anytime soon. In fact, Dr. Teresa Tam says uh, she's not going to comment on the Russian vaccine. However, she's confident in Health Canada's process 
for approving a vaccine. Right. Look at that. What a weird year. Dr. Teresa Tam said something I actually fucking agree with. <laughs> Let's go through the proper trials here through Health Canada. Ah, good honor. Thank you for downloading After 9, everybody. Your next job is click that subscribe button and uh, tell a friend. Sure. Our download numbers have been ridiculous lately. Like, just massive. So, thank you very much. And uh, we can also see that there's some people going back to listen through the archives, which is great. Thanks for doing that, too. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of After 9. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.